RTHK, the news at one with Todd Harding. The headlines, President Xi Jinping is confirmed to a third term as the nation's leader by the National People's Congress. Locally, National Security Police confirm the arrests of two women in separate cases. And overseas, a former Malaysian prime minister appears in court to face corruption charges. The National People's Congress has voted unanimously to re-elect Xi Jinping for a third term as the nation's president. Kelly Yu is in Beijing. The result is confirmed. 2,952 delegates voted for Mr. Xi's re-election. There were no votes against and no abstentions. Mr. Xi, who was also unanimously confirmed to continue heading the Central Military Commission, took his oath at the Great Hall of the People in Beijing. He pledged allegiance to the Constitution, swore to be loyal to the country and the people, and vowed to work for a great modern socialist nation that is prosperous, strong and democratic. Meanwhile, Vice Premier Han Zheng was elected to succeed Wang Qishan as the vice president. Politburo Standing Committee member Zhao Le Ji was chosen as the next chairman of the National People's Congress Standing Committee. He succeeds Li Zhangshu. The legislature also voted to approve reforms to the state council, which will see the creation of a national financial regulatory body and a national data bureau. National Security Police say they've arrested two women in separate cases. In a statement, the force said it arrested a 65-year-old woman on Hong Kong Island yesterday on suspicion of collusion with a foreign country or external elements. Separately, a 23-year-old woman was arrested in Sao Maoping on Wednesday on suspicion of inciting secession. The force says she was suspected of publishing online posts that incite Hong Kong independence. The pair are being detained for inquiries. The president of the Physiotherapy Association says a long-awaited change in regulations that will allow patients to go direct to a physio without seeing a doctor will support the government's goal of improving primary health care. The idea was first announced in Carrie Lam's policy address two years ago. The association's Marco Pang said stakeholders were still discussing the details. He dismissed concerns that physios might miss serious illnesses if patients bypass doctors. He said the plan would support efforts to boost preventative medicine. In primary health care, we're talking about um, preventive care, basically. Disease prevention and health promotion. So if we could uh, address the patient's health conditions in a timely manner by providing um, efficient physiotherapy service without you know, asking the patient to see the doctor first, then we can address the patient's health conditions um, in a more timely manner. Turning overseas, a court in Malaysia has charged the former Prime Minister Muhyiddin Yassin with abuse of power and money laundering. He pleaded not guilty and had previously said the charges were politically motivated. The BBC's Anna Aslam reports. Muhyiddin Yassin and his party have been under investigation by the current government since they lost power in a tightly contested election in 2021. The former prime minister was charged after anti-corruption authorities questioned him about a COVID recovery project his administration launched. Mr. Muhyiddin was granted bail but was ordered to hand in his passport. If found guilty of all charges, he faces up to 35 years in jail and a heavy fine. His trial is likely to increase political tensions in Malaysia. North Korea has said its military units conducted an artillery drill yesterday on what it called its Western Front. The country's leader, Kim Jong-un, visited the site to oversee the exercise in person. State media said shells had been aimed at simulated enemy airport targets. It said the drills proved its military's capability to counter what it called an actual war scenario. 
Police in the northern German city of Hamburg say several people have been killed in a shooting incident. Several others were injured. Hamburg police said a large-scale operation was underway in the Alstadorf area. Jenny Witt is a freelance journalist living in Hamburg. We know that at around nine o'clock this evening, a meeting was taking place in this uh, the Kingdom Hall of the Jehovah's Witnesses, of which there are quite a few in Hamburg. And this one is in the north of the city in a fairly wealthy area. And while this meeting was taking place, uh, shots were fired. Um, we're told that police officers arriving at the scene heard a single shot from upstairs and went, uh, went there to find a dead person. Now, this suggests that it may have been the gunman, but again, it isn't confirmed. So we need to be a bit careful with the detail it is scant. The former US President Donald Trump has been given the opportunity to testify next week before a grand jury in New York. The legal move frequently means that the district attorney is close to charging a suspect. The BBC's Nicholas Rocha reports. Prosecutors in New York have for five years been investigating alleged hush money payments made on Mr Trump's behalf to the former porn star Stormy Daniels. She said she received $130,000 before the presidential election in 2016 in exchange for keeping quiet about their sexual relations. Mr. Trump denies they had an affair and in 2018 said he knew nothing about a payment. If Mr. Trump is charged, it would be the first time that a former president is indicted. Mr. Trump is facing other legal investigations, including over his handling of classified documents and his alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. President Zelensky of Ukraine has described as critical the situation at the Russian-controlled Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Shelling yesterday temporarily cut power to the facility for a sixth time. Mr Zelensky said Russia was willing to jeopardise nuclear facilities anywhere in order to create terror. He said Russian missiles had killed people and damaged power infrastructure in several regions yesterday. Russian missiles have claimed the lives of six Ukrainians today. My condolences to the families. Restoration work at power facilities has been going on all day. The Kharkiv and Zhitomir regions have the worst situations. Odessa, Dnipropetrovsk, Kiev and Zaporizhia are also facing difficulties. The head of the UN's nuclear watchdog, Rafael Grossi, has demanded, demanded immediate action to prevent a disaster at Zaporizhia. We are rolling a dice here and there will be a day when our luck will run out. So I have been making a very serious appeal for everybody to support the IEA in setting uh, protection for the plant. This has nothing to do with the military operations. This is militarily neutral, but it could, of course, spare us all from a catastrophic accident. The idea is to avoid this by establishing a commitment on both sides on something which is very simple. Don't shoot at a nuclear power plant. The Italian Prime Minister Giorgio Maloney has outlined stiffer penalties for people smugglers after holding a cabinet meeting near the site where more than 70 migrants died in a shipwreck last month. At a press conference in the Calabrian town of Coutro, she stressed her determination to fight smuggling gangs. RTHK's UK correspondent Peter Anderson says the Prime Minister faces battles to bring her plan to fruition. There could be something of a, a, a legislative and a political battle for Ms Maloney in bringing this through. There are many criticisms of her government. It has been uh, claimed that she was responsible, her government was responsible for...
for the tragedy because of its recent actions. And we've also had confirmation that relatives of many of those who died in this shipwreck are now looking at potentially carrying out class action legal uh, case against the Italian state in an attempt to seek justice. Israeli President Isaac Herzog has said that the current government proposal for a judicial overhaul should be abandoned as tens of thousands of Israelis again held protests against the plan. In an impassioned national address, Mr Herzog said that he could not watch as his country was being ripped apart before his eyes. To the leaders of the state, to the coalition and the government at its head, I say we are at the point of no return. It is a moment of to be or not to be, to choose agreement and to achieve a foundational constitutional moment that will enable us to thrive and grow for years and generations to come or to slide into a constitutional, security, social and economic abyss. Tens of thousands of people have demonstrated in the Georgian capital, Tbilisi, for a third night, demanding the government scrap a law they see as anti-democratic. The governing Georgian Dream Party said it would shelve the bill on combating foreign influence. Opposition parties say they will continue to hold demonstrations until Georgia follows, as they put it, a pro-Western course and not the pro-Russian course. These protesters were among the crowd in Tbilisi. We don't really want to be part of Russia and everything they're doing. The whole Georgia is against it, actually. And we hope tomorrow Georgian people will be free from the Russian government of our country. We want more integration in Europe. President Biden has outlined his budget for 2024, proposals that could form the backbone of a re-election bid. It includes big spending plans worth more than $6 trillion, with the focus on social programs and infrastructure. Mr Biden said his budget would reduce the huge US deficit over 10 years, while the Republicans' budget would increase the deficit. I just laid out the bulk of my budget. Republicans in Congress should do the same thing. Then we can sit down and see where we disagree. Our Republican friends said they want to reduce the deficit, but we did the math on what they've put forward so far. And our estimate, I'm happy to be proven wrong, my plan is to reduce the deficit by $3 trillion over 10 years. Based on what we know so far about their plan, it's going to ex- explode the deficit by more than $3 trillion over the next 10 years. The Democrats' budget will raise taxes on the rich and large companies. Scientists say a global effort is needed to protect the Earth's orbit from dangers posed by space debris. The team writing in the journal Science say that unless the problem is tackled, the low Earth orbit could become unusable. The BBC's Charles Haviland reports. The experts say that at present there are a scarcely believable 100 trillion pieces of old satellites circling our planet but not being tracked. For now, the biggest danger this poses is to other satellites in orbit. The number of these is expected to rise from 9,000 today to 30,000 by the end of the decade. The scientists say a global agreement is needed to tackle this space junk. Collision avoidance manoeuvres have recently been tested, including grabbing a satellite with a giant net. A company, Astroscale UK, is planning Britain's first national mission to remove space debris. In financial news, the Hang Seng Index has fallen almost 2.5% in morning trading. It follows steep losses overnight on Wall Street amid concerns about the health of the banking sector. A short time ago, the HSI stood at 19,451. That's down 474 points. 
To sport and in football, Manchester United have taken control of their Europa League last 16 tie against Real Betis with a 4-1 win in the first leg at Old Trafford. Marcus Rashford, Anthony, Bruno Fernandes and Wout Weghorst got the goals for United. The former England midfielder Leon Osman was at the game. They deserved this victory, they earned it. It was a great reaction, as you said, from, from the weekend's embarrassment away at Anfield. So... You, know, you, you can't ask much more of them. They were a little bit tentative after they went in front in the second half, but I'm sure that Montserrat Ten Hag got into them at half-time and said, when you get a goal in the second half, go from strength to strength, believe in yourself, and they looked every bit that Manchester United outfit he's been building for the past few months in that second half. And the fact it could have been more, they had chances, they had opportunities, but they'll be delighted to take a 4-1 scoreline over to Spain for that second leg. Elsewhere in the Europa League, Arsenal drew 2-2 with Sporting Lisbon in a last 16 first leg in Portugal. The BBC's Paul Serres rounds up the results. The English Premier League leaders Arsenal were held to a two-all draw by Sporting in Lisbon. Union Berlin and Union Saint-Gilloise played out a three-all draw in the German capital in their round of 16 first leg. Bayer Leverkusen were 2 nil winners over the Hungarian league leaders Ferenc Varos. Roma beat Real Sociedad 2-0 at the Stadio Olimpico. Sevilla beat the Turkish giants Fenerbahce 2-0 in Andalusia. And Juventus secured a 1-0 victory over Freiburg thanks to another big goal from Angel Di Maria. West Ham United beat AEK Larnaca 2-0 in Cyprus to take a big step towards the quarter-finals of the Europa Conference League. Mikhail Antonio got both goals for the Hammers. To Rugby Union and some surprising news ahead of this weekend's Six Nations fixtures. England coach Steve Borthwick is dropping his captain Owen Farrell for tomorrow's match against France at Twickenham. Marcus Smith will take his place at fly half. More from the BBC's Chris Jones. You have to go back to the opening game of the 2015 Rugby World Cup for the last time Owen Farrell was left out of a full-strength England side. So this is a huge call from head coach Steve Borthwick, especially as it was only a matter of weeks ago Borthwick gave Farrell his full backing by naming him captain. The situation is made even more surprising by the fact Marcus Smith was sent back to his club last week rather than training with England. But after excelling for Harlequin, Smith has now been given the keys to number 10 and his inclusion will be warmly welcomed by many supporters. Prop Ellis Genge captains the side for the first time with England needing a win to stay in the Six Nations title hunt. To the weather forecast, fine and dry and rather warm this afternoon with moderate easterly winds. The outlook rather warm during the daytime in the next few days. Currently the observatory 26 degrees Celsius, humidity 49% and to end the news, the top stories once again. President Xi Jinping is confirmed to a third term as the nation's leader by the National People's Congress and locally National Security Police confirm the arrests of two women in separate cases. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. Don't bother me with your customs cards I got nothing from abroad No romance, no precious stones No sexy stories to take home
Nothing to declare. It's Radio 3, Friday afternoon, and the last bit of the brew. <laughs> well, first bit. Danny Hicks will be with you in just a little while for this week's sports and all. Certainly some football. We've got some cricket, local and international. International local, if you like. Anyway, it's brilliant to see loads of things happening again. We'll be on Facebook Live. The brew is the page. If someone told me that the world would end tonight, you could take all that I got for I wouldn't start a fight You could have my liquor Take my dinner, take my fun My birthday cake, my soul, my dog Take everything I love But oh, one thing I'm never gonna do Is throw away my dancing shoes And oh, Lord, don't try me really not tonight 